What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about uh, some, well, this, the next few podcasts, we're going to be talking about some of my favorite Korean films. Uh, technically, horror maybe disturbing. But first, we're going to be talking about uh, Lady Vengeance. It's a 2005 Korean film by directed by Park Chan-wook. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but uh, he's pr- um, directed other movies such as uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which is kind of a, in correlation with Lady Vengeance, but not really. It's only because of the same director and Old Boy, as well as um, a whole bunch of other uh, movies in Korea. But yeah. Anyway, before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. back so like I said we're gonna be talking about Lady Vengeance uh, you can also watch it on Tubi TV for free or Shutter if you have a subscription uh, the movie costs 4.5 million dollars I mean you can tell it's actually really well made uh, a lot of movie Korean movies are really well made uh, I'm also gonna be talking about um, Warning, do not play, and 0.0 megahertz. But first, Lady Vengeance. So it's about a woman. Basically, the opening is outside of a prison, and it's this like Christian percussion band. Not really percussion, but like like a singing group. Whatever the fuck are those called? A choir. Uh, to greet her because like Christmas time to greet her coming out of prison and they give her the priest gives her a tofu cake which is just like a white cake to you know because over there it's like being a promise to be pure and you know not do what she did but she didn't actually commit the crime she was framed for kidnapping and killing a thirteen or a six-year-old boy named Juan Mo. Uh, so she served six, uh, thirteen years in prison. But she knocks it, knocks the cake out of the priest's hand, and says that you know she's not gonna, not that she's not gonna be pure, but she's just gonna fulfill her acts of vengeance against. The actual killer uh, who framed her by holding her daughter hostage so it kind of goes back and forth a little bit of into her prison life and outside where she greets other like her former prison cellmates who she's helped and she's even given a kidney to one of her cellmates Uh, I don't want to say she only did it just to get help. She maybe did, but she also is actually kind of like a good person, so I'm not going to say she's not. But she kind of goes back to her friends to get help for um, food, shelter, and even weapons. Uh, She asks her friend who she gave a kidney to 
for her husband because they were both um, they both went to jail for armed robbery. He makes he Gumja wants him to make a North Korean spy gun. I mean that's what they say it's like based on North Korean spy uh, weaponry. But it's like a basically a double barrel handgun. And, and he said it sounds like a cannon's got a lot of kick, so it's a double barrel handgun. So anyway, they she tries to well kinda like goes back and forth, like I said. So it goes how because she was only nineteen yeah, she was only nineteen when she was in prison. And uh, the whole, basically, she was a widely known sensation because of how she looked. She was very pretty, very young and innocent looking. You know, people didn't believe that she actually committed these crimes. Of course, she didn't. But she was, she was kind of tipped off by the actual killer and like, by using the pillow that she didn't know because he was, Juan Mo was strangled and like suffocated with a brown pillow. But she, cause I don't know, it's so weird because like it's this whole news crew taking her to the crime scene to show how she did it, but she didn't know. So she looked in the crowd and I think the detective, I think it's a detective shows his brown watch so she knows to grab the brown pillow to kill him or it's like a doll show how she did it so it leaps back and forth like how she got into prison why uh, she's you know being framed why he held her daughter hostage shit like that so she actually, present day, uh, she goes to the parents of Juan Mo to kind of formally apologize by chopping off uh, her finger. Kind of like those Japanese freaking gangsters. I don't know what they're called. Like Kazamaki? No. But anyway, um... The family freaks out and just, you know, says, we, we get it, you're sorry, just don't, please don't do that because they're very squeamish. <laughs> I even think when they're rushing her to the hospital, the husband's in the stretcher too. Is the husband or the wife? I don't know, someone's in the stretcher too because they're just so <laughs> distraught from seeing her, you know, chop off her own finger. So they, she basically spends all of the money that she had saved up for the surgery to get her finger I think one or both her fingers reattached I think it's just one so she has to work at a bakery just to get by and she's staying I think with a friend or like something like that like she has an apartment but I think she's like living there for free for right now 
So anyway, my I, I didn't remember all the like the husband's name because it's all Korean and it's just it's very hard to even remember Juan Mo and Goom Ja. So I'm sorry if that sounds racist. <laughs> but it's just kind of hard for me to remember. So anyway. So it goes back to where how she was acting in prison. Very kind, very helpful. Literally helping feed people. Uh, doing a lot of cleaning. You know, helping out. But with this prison bully who like basically demands people around she Goomja actually kills her by poisoning her by feeding her bleach so that's like the only person she's killed so people like calling her like a witch or a white witch because like she's very nice but she can actually just kill someone like that you know but she's actually very nice and kind of pure until like she gets out of prison to reenact the or to act upon the vengeance and I keep saying vengeance that's why it's called a vengeance I'm trying to remember what else happens because I know uh, she finds out about her daughter uh, she was adopted I think her name's Jenny she got she was adopted into an Australian family so she goes to Australia to find her daughter and just try to see how she is now but once the daughter finds out about her she wants to go back to Korea and the mom's like no 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 Jenny's like, yes, yes, yes. It's literally like a scene like that. But finally, uh, Goomja takes Jenny to Korea, South Korea, Seoul, I think. Seoul, Seoul. Um, you know, show her where she works, shit like that. So now she has like a daughter to worry about. And I forgot when like I said it just goes back and forth like how the detective yeah she meets the detective one of the detectives that believe that she didn't do it at her bakery it kind of like just brings up all these memories that how he knew she didn't do it but she still was like trying to she's like yes yes I did it I did it even though she didn't know really any of the facts the actual killer would know so he's you know wants to help her to bring justice to the real killer so I forget how but she meets Mr. Bayek's wife and Mr. Bayek is actually the killer he is a school teacher who kills not his students but kills K 
kids, one of the kids at the school, he's done this for like years, basically. And later she finds out because he can teach, he teaches like English. Like English the language, not English the fucking where your teacher tells you to write a formal sentence with no run on sentences and shit like that. I'm still fucking. <laughs> I'm still pitiful about my, my English teachers because I, I always hate English. So anyway, uh, I forgot how she finds out that Mr. Byatt. I think. Well, I think she actually knows Mr. Byatt is actually the killer, but he just, you know, frames her because he can. He's very, like, uh, dominating and very abusive, as we see when he's having dinner with his wife after, I think in the middle of dinner, he literally just picks her up, lifts up her skirt, and bangs her right there on the fucking table. That's just kind of, kind of much for me, man. But, like, he just demands it. If he doesn't get fed, the wife gets beat. So anyway, uh, the Goomja works with the detective, I guess, to find any like videos or tapes that he had of the kids and they find like sorry if you can hear my dog he's just barking hold on real quick all right sorry about that now i'm back so yeah goomja and the detective find tapes of the kids that he uh tortures and kills like kidnaps, tortures, and kills uh, by playing like the tapes, asking the parents for money because he records them, asking for for like ransom, then he kills them while playing those tapes for the parents to hear so he can just get money, but the kids are already dead. So he's asking for money for dead kids, basically. Which is like really fucked up. <laughs> so it goes on. Uh, they manage to get, like, not get, but like subdue the Mr. Bayek by his wife. Because his, I guess his wife was late from feeding him, so he beat her up and tied her up. But she actually. Not really poison the food, but put like sedatives to knock him out. So Goomja helps the wife out and tries to restrain from killing him. So they take his body to an old school, I guess, where um, Wan Mo used to go to school and he. Um, 
Boomjaw has him tied to a chair and gun to his head to tell Jenny how sorry she is for like abandoning her and shit like that and like you know because he translates it to English because Jenny doesn't know Korean so he translates to her what uh, Gumja is saying that you know she's sorry that she loves her and stuff like that so later on the before killing him right there she gets his phone and finds out that he has one most marble as well as other little trinkets from kids that he's killed um yeah this is before they find the tapes yeah sorry i forgot about that but yeah so she finds out she goes ballistic she shoots uh, a bullet in each of his in each foot then they find the tapes and they find the families from uh, whom of uh, that he called for ransom money and they bring them to the school so she asks the parents like do you want if you want we can kill him and torture him like the way he did our kids or we can pass him on to the detective here and after like you know a couple minutes of like not really arguing but just like uh, talking about like what he did to our kids was wrong and shit like that so they agree on uh, torturing and killing him and in the room there's a microphone that plays into a loudspeaker into the room where Mr. Bayek is so now he knows that they're gonna torture and kill him and they all like make a pact on saying that you know we're gonna we're no one's gonna back out we all have we're all gonna take a picture of all of us so they know no one's gonna back out no one's gonna you know say oh they did it but you know someone else that person was a part of it too so each of the family like either one parent or both parents go into the room with Mr. Bayek and like either stab him punch him do whatever and I believe it's one Mo's grandmother that comes in at the end to stab him and finally kill him so they take him to out back I guess and dig up a hole that they all dug together and place them in there but uh, Goomjah never really got to use her gun other than to torture him so she fires two shots into his face and they cover him up clean up everything and take the picture so no one actually backs out so at the very end everyone is at Goomja's job the bakery and they have a cake for all the kids like who who died you know like their for like their birthday you know it's actually, actually birth, their birthday is like to celebrate you know their birthday and their life and shit like that and uh it's kind of like emotional you know know they see the smoke billowing up into the 
like above them, but then it starts to swirl around. And they said, if you know you see that, then angels are near are nearby. So they you know start to sing happy birthday. It's, you know, it's sentimental. It's emotional. It's kind of sad. You know, seeing how what these parents had to go through. Uh, but I also forget. Um, Um, Gumja and the detective watch the tapes and it's him you know asking the kids for the money and he kills them right there uh, we don't see it but I guess they see it because the detective excused himself to the bathroom to throw up and also forgot to mention that she played the tapes for the parents to kind of like motivate them to you know go on with kill, saying that it's okay to kill him because he did this to our kids <sighs> anything else oh uh Mr. Bai actually hires hitmen to try to kill uh Goom Ja but she gets the best of them and kills them both when uh they try to subdue him. Anything else? I think that's it. But at the very end, uh, Gumja goes to the bathroom, sees smoke, and she looks behind him, and it's uh, Wan Mo smoking a cigarette at age six. Uh, the camera turns to her and turns back, then it's uh, him as an adult, what he would look like if he you know, didn't die and just lived, lived up to 20. And I forget what he tells her, but uh, he tells her something and he just leaves. And was it uh... Gumja meets Jenny, and Gumja gifts Jenny a tofu cake, the same cake or the same type of cake that she was offered up at the very beginning but she gives it to Jenny to promise to for her to be like pure and not pure of heart and not commit any crime and shit like that so Jenny you know eats some and offers some to her mother but she you know kind of kindly declines and like she doesn't feel that she is worthy and also like she said she didn't feel like she was a worthy enough mother to have Jenny uh, when she was uh, Mr. Bayek was translating it for her um, but she says fuck it and just uh, plants her face in there and the movie starts to uh, uh, and uh, not the movie uh, it ends by like it start to snow in Korea and it ends so this movie is a little um, not too disturbing but actually really good uh, you know you start to feel for the parents like when they're watching the tapes that Mr. Bayek filmed and you can see it that you know they're you know, distraught and 
he killed their kids just for fucking money. And like I said, he did it for years. He did it to like, not his own kids, but like different kids in the school. So it wouldn't put any blame on him. Then he would move to another school and do the same thing over and over again. So they finally got their justice. And it's just very like emotional like it's a really good movie too uh on the disturbing scale maybe like a two like i mean it's kind of hard to see like kids cry like that like they're actually being in pain and forced to do stuff um so it's kind of hard to tell like what did they do to get the kids to cry like that you know but anyway I mean this movie is actually one of my favorites uh, I really do love this movie uh, I actually love a lot of Korean films uh, I've been watching some recently on Shudder Shudder hit me up but uh <laughs> anyway uh, thank you guys for listening to me ramble on about Lady Vengeance uh, I hope you enjoyed. Like I said, if you want to see it for yourself, it's on Shutter or uh, Tubi TV for free. Um, and the next few podcasts, I'll be doing some like 0.0 megahertz and maybe even uh, Warning Do Not Play. They're also uh, really good Korean horror movies. But before that, uh, I will talk to y'all guys later. Thank you all for listening. And I'll catch y'all next time. Bye.